Okay then, so today I believe the Lord has got something unique. It's dropped in my spirit. Actually, I'll tell you, it dropped into my spirit the cause of last night. And I kept on, you know, meditating on it. And I will share it according to how it was laid upon my spirit. And I trust that there is something unique that the Father wants us to grasp as we pursue him. In the songs that we have sung, one of the songs say, I think the very first one, it says that I will not let the rocks cry out in my place. Meaning, you know, just as Jesus told the, you know, the, those people, if, you, if, you, if, if these children keep quiet, then the rocks are going to cry out. Indicating, if we hold back and decide not to press in to where God is drawing us into, there is a danger somebody else will be picked to do it. A rock, even that one which was not considered worthy, will be able to be picked up and go to do that which you hesitated and you held back. And what, essentially what is going, what's coming forth is, you and I must always be alert. And likewise to the dear ones on, on, on Zoom, uh, for all of us, let us desire that we may always be alert to what God is calling or drawing us into at any one time. Remember the words of Jesus over and over. In many places, he used to tell his, his disciples, watch and pray. That is, be alert, be alert. Don't slumber, don't sleep. We are on a very important journey. We, are on a, we have got a very important calling We've got very important giftings that have been released in each one of our individual lives. Small or great, it does not matter, but it is unique in the eyes of him that has bestowed it upon us. We can put, look upon the ant and despise it and say, what a small thing this is, it is useless. You know, it can't accomplish anything. But imagine the scripture directs and says there is a, a lot of wisdom in that particular ant than many human beings. The place where it tells, you know, it says, you know, go to the ant or you sluggard and learn from it. That that small thing has got wisdom to be able to teach the human being. Indicating unto us everything that God places in your life and in my life is unique and precious. Value it. Don't hold it flippantly. Don't hold it as if it is not. Why did he give me that one? I don't need that one. He should have given me what is given to Marie. He should have been given me what is given to Sophia. He should have made me to be a bass guitar, like a guitarist like our brother Richard. You know, he should have made me lead worship like, uh, like Dwayne. He should have made me maybe play the piano like Simon. You know, play the drums like Archie. You know, you look at it, you know, many times we look beyond where we stand and we fail to see what a blessing it is that he has made us to be in our uniqueness for the order for the glory of God. And what I want to share about to, 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 to this afternoon is be on watch so that you are not supplanted. Be alert so that you are not supplanted. You are not replaced in other words. By something else or by somebody else. It does not matter how young or how old you are. His ways are, are, are beyond our understanding. Some of the readings that we have read today. 
if you, if you like, even in, in Ephesians, the encouragements that what Brother Randolph and what our sister Lisa have read, they, they have continued to stir us, their readings that were essentially stirring us up in that particular direction. And to top it all, it comes in verse 27 where it says, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil, meaning there are many times we give place to the evil one. And our brother even shared that at the very beginning. And in, in, the, in the sharing, as he was encouraging us in the scriptures that he read, when he says, put on the whole armor of God, it is all with the idea that if we are not alert, if we are not fully dressed up and fully prepared, we can easily give our place to somebody else or to something else. And I want you to look at yourself as I look at myself. And let us ask, is there maybe a way that I have given my place to something else? Is there maybe a way I've given my place to somebody else? Is it possible that maybe by gifting, I've handed it or I've surrendered it into the hands of another and I have lost that particular chance or that particular opportunity? So may the Lord help us. And quickly let us just read a, a scripture which will give us the gist, the gist of, 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 the, of, the, whole, of the whole idea. And it is a story that we know it is in Genesis. It's, it's between Esau and Jacob. You know the story of Esau and you know the story of Jacob. At least there are stories that we know. You remember the time when, I think in chapter 25, you can read chapter 25, verse 27. Chapter 25, chapter 25, sorry. I think from around verse 18, maybe thereabouts. You should be able to get the story of how the issue, let me see whether it is it's chapter 25, just a moment, just before I, before I tell you it's chapter 25, and then it turns out it's not. Oh, it's chapter 25, verse 29, verse 29. Yeah, it talks about the place where the, now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. That is Genesis chapter 25, from verse 29. Therefore he's, you know, he says, please give me, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Sell me your birthright as of this day. That is the challenge that, that Jacob, you know, places before Esau. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And then he said, then Jacob said, you know, said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his Birthright. Hold that story in your mind. Then jump to verse chapter 27. And verse, from verse 24. And here is Isaac, now their father. He's giving a blessing. It is time to give a blessing. Verse 24 of chapter 27 says that in Genesis. Then he said, are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game. 
so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and then, you know, uh, he, brought, he, he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Verse 26, then his father Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his cloth, clothing, and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord uh, has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and, and, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow to you. Cast be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now listen, verse 30. Now it happened. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, that is a blessing that was supposed to go to Esau, it instead went to Jacob. Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of uh, Isaac, his father. Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory you know, food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. Indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O oh my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is, not, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Hear how sad that particular story is. But the Lord would like to give us some instruction. It may be a brief instruction. But it's something for you and me and here as hope as a whole. The blessing and the birthright that he has appointed for you and for me. Now look at Esau. There is something that as I looked at Esau, I realized something that was, that was sad. He had too many jokes in his mouth. It will appear he was so easy with his words. He took nothing seriously. Whatever it is that he was doing, he says, what can change? What is mine, is mine. And so when he comes to his brother, there is another aspect that also that, you know, shines through if you read that particular story. What does Jacob suddenly rise up and desire to have? You know, the birthright of his brother. What made him desire to have that particular birthright? I want you to be thinking on, those particular, on that particular line. Why was he eyeing his brother every other day? Until you know, he, suddenly when he comes says, please give me some stew. As a brother, he says, oh sure brother, take. Instead, he strategically tells him, no, I'm not giving you. Give me, send me your birthright. 
There must have been something that Esau had been doing over and over that caused Jacob to desire that particular birthright. And even it sucked the mother in. Rebecca came in and they conspired together to make sure that Jacob will get this particular birthright. I want you to think on those particular lines. And that, start to think again, once again, as you step back. Why was there a rivalry between this particular two? Something, you know, shines through this particular story. Again, if you look at it, you realize the rivalry might have been buffed by virtue of how the mother and how the father were behaving towards these particular two children. Isaac favored Esau, and he loved him so much. It's as if he had no time for Jacob. The mother also, you know, because of maybe of the roughness of Esau, Isaac, you know, he saw the manly, the manly character in Esau. And, you know, just like most fathers, he says, ah, that is my boy, that's my boy. And so he will speak over my boy over and over and over again. <coughs> While, you know, because Jacob was gentle, he will be found in the kitchen cooking. And so, you know, maybe Israel used to laugh at him and say, you are just like a woman. You are ever in the kitchen, you know, you are with your mother. Go and be with your mother. You know, as it happens in our, in our, in our generations like that. And so, she was, he was the mother's boy. And, so, and as a result, one was proud of their, of their side. But there was a rivalry that came in between as a result because of that. That birthed something in the, in, in the midst of this particular two. I want you to hold on to that. Again, remember in the reading that we read today, what, where Randolph, I think, already says, you know, give all diligence to maintain the unity, the bond of unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That is, to maintain that unity by the bond of peace, there is a, a lot of effort that is put to it to ensure that bond remains and that unity, that togetherness begin, remains. Now let us step back once again. First and foremost, you and I, there are giftings and graces that God has best placed upon us. It might be in the spiritual arena. It may be in the physical arena. It may be in the business arena. It may be in the family arena or relational arena. Wherever it is that the blessing has been placed before us. I want you to be very watchful of the words that how you play around with the words that come out of your mouth. You know, you heard what Esau said unto Jacob. You know, and it was a very interesting statement. If you if you remember the place where I read in chapter twenty, chapter twenty-five, I'll read just those particular that verse yet once again, where he you know he tells he tells Jacob this particular words when he says he says, "Look, I am about to die. What is this birthright to me? Of what use is this particular blessing, this gift that God has given unto me?" Ask yourself. And this is something that was laid upon my heart. Many times we lose out our blessing and we miss our blessing because of our anger and because of our temper. And again in that Ephesians chapter 4 where we read, he says that, you know, do, do not let the sun set on your anger. Praise God. He tells us, you know, don't let the sun set on your sin. You know, if I'm angry for any particular reason, I must not let it go the next second. Basically, that's what he's saying. Don't wait until, you know, the sun goes down. Don't wait another minute for that particular anger to continue brewing in you or that bitterness to continue brewing in you, my brother, my sister. It makes you short circuit 
your blessing and short circuit the you know the, that particular you know thing that would have brought forth so many things. The other day we had a short circuiting here. It caused a wonderful cooker to you know be burned and destroyed. They have thrown it outside here. We're gonna throw it into the bin. It is because of a short circuit, a short a, because of a short circuiting. And all of it is in that just one small moment, things change. And that's what happens in our spiritual arena. Sometimes our relationship with our children are lost simply because of our anger. Don't let your anger cause you lose out with your children, lose out with your husband, lose out with your wife, lose out with your brothers and your sisters. No, cover it immediately. Chuck it out. It is of no value to you nor to me in the name of Jesus Christ. And he indicates that there is so much that has been lost because of that one small thing, anger, that I'm, I've got a right to be angry. I've got a, why did he make me annoyed? And in that moment, a lot of blessing is stolen away in the spiritual arena. It is not in the physical arena this happens. Most of this thrilling is, is, happens in the spiritual arena. They are, that's why it says, neither give place to the devil. Why? Because he's always standing there at the corner and he can throw arrows. That's why he told us, put on the armor of God. He's always throwing arrows knowing this one will go and pinch on this side and he will get so mad and so annoyed and I'll have the opportunity to go and grab that gifting that was starting to bud forth. That relationship that was just about to start coming forth, it will be completely crushed and that trust will be lost completely simply because of anger. A word comes out of our mouth that is not worthwhile. I know a look comes on our face that is so stern. I know because we are spirits. I read it in your eyes. I see, oh, hold on. I will never cross that path again. Period. And maybe I was carrying a blessing, or you are carrying a blessing for me. And because of that way that I looked at you, it made you shrink and you decided, you know what? This blessing, let me just keep it there. I, I don't think I can be able to pass it on. And you miss that particular favor. You miss that blessing. So, my brother, my sister, watch your words. Watch your attitudes. Watch your mind. Everything you do. It is in so many areas of our lives. Some business deals, we may even lose them because of our anger and because of the way we have spoken. You may lose an interview because you have said, no, me, I'm not worthy. I don't think I can do that. Maybe that's what they were waiting to hear. Oh, he said he's not worthy. He has got no confidence in himself. She has no confidence in himself. Neither give place to the devil. Praise God. Look up unto him who has gifted you and hold on to that regardless of what others say. Don't wait to hear other men and women's opinions. Believe what the word of God has spoken about you and don't lose your birthright. Remember what was a birthright. A birthright was so powerful in those days to, the, to, the, to those people in that tradition. It had two, two aspects to it. One of the aspects of the birthright was the issue of you will possess double, uh, the portion of the inheritance you will get double over, over the others. That was one. And then the other one I think was that issue that you, that you had authority, you will have authority over the whole estate. You will be the, uh, the judge, the, the voice that speaks over the whole family as the firstborn. It was a, you know, a double blessing that was there. And also the other part of it was you will have the 
final you know blessing of the of the father as he lives he will speak blessing over you as the firstborn and those words were powerful at, at that particular juncture all that is what was contained in the birthright but Esau didn't realize that birthright carried everything both the blessing or the physical blessing and the spiritual blessing he thought it will only be the physical blessing. So he can have the physical blessing. It doesn't matter. I, I, I can get, you know, help me make ends meet for myself. And as a result, he lost, he lost both when he sold it out because of the words of his mouth. The word of God says because of the words of his mouth, he despised his birthright. Look at yourself as I look myself. Have I despised my gifting? Have I despised the blessing that was coming my way because of the foolishness of my speaking. Have I despised the breakthrough that I was to have simply because of the way I behaved or the way I spoke? My brother, my sister, value your blessing and value your birthright in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Value it and hold on to it. Speak to your children. Speak to your brother. Speak to your sister. Encourage them. Please don't be flippant with whatever it is that comes upon your way. The Lord has a purpose. We are walking a very, in that way it says the path is narrow. It is narrow. You must be careful as you walk this particular path. The world can promise you a thousand and one blessings, but they are temporary. They are going to fall down by the wayside. Soon or later, they will not be there anymore. But the promises of God and the purposes of God for your life are unique and they are special. Let nothing draw you away from that blessing. Be the things of this world. Be the things of whatever. Don't lose that particular blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another aspect is, look at it again. One thing, why did Jacob get to high, you know, Esau? I'm sure Esau is likely to have been a very bra a bragging type of character. He must have been telling, look, man, the birthright is mine. You, you'll earn nothing from father. You are a useless mama's boy. I've got the birthright and I'll rule over you. I will wait until when dad goes. I will show you dust. I am the firstborn. And so Jacob was standing there every day looking at him, saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, all right, that's fine. I will just look after the sheep of my mother. But anyway, one day I may, I may catch you. Don't be the type that blows your trumpet concerning what God has done or what God is about to do, you know, what God has revealed to you on the, on the mountain top. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Speak when he allows you to speak. But don't go showing others every, every other. It, it happened to Joseph. Although it happened, God turned it later for good. But the guy had to go through the prison and the much suffering before he ever came to realize the blessing. There might have been another way that God might have brought him to the blessing. But the issue of opening up and saying, oh, I dreamt this. God is going to make me a mighty man in the near future. And the devil is watching, uh-huh, all right, we will see. You will see a, a messenger may come your way and will derail you. You will lose your path. Watch how you value and you display the blessing and the birthright. Uh, oh, that particular blessing that God has given unto you. Learn to walk in discretion. Praise God. Be humble. That's what the Lord is trying to tell you and I. Be humble in our walk. 
Even if he has promised that you're going to be the greatest man on the face of the earth, that is between you and him. Praise God. Don't talk about it. Simply serve humbly. He will bring you through all the ranks. And finally you'll find yourself becoming the greatest man on the face of the earth in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Where do you stand? Will you walk humbly before the Lord your God? Another aspect, think about it. As you look on this same, same particular issue, just realize, as you know, as, as, as you look at that particular story, there is a lot that starts up. Our conduct, the words of our mouth, how we behave, does it encourage the blessing of unity in amongst the saints and within the church here? The words that I go to share with you and I go to share with my sister Cross, does it build a particular unity or it brings suspicion and animosity and it brings jealousy amongst, amongst, amongst beloved ones? If God has revealed to you that, oh, the Lord has shown me that sister so-and-so is going to be moving in this particular arena, go into that secret place, pray, and you may tell that sister or that brother likewise, but don't go mentioning it up to every particular individual. Oh, you know what? Sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so is going to be A, B, C, D. I saw in the dream God is going to do A, B, C, D. Mm -mm. Hold it back and pray for that man or that woman in your secret place that in the fullness of time God will raise him up because you prayed and you sought the face of God for him or for her and the reality will come to be a reality because the moment you start sharing you don't know whom you are sharing it to you are sharing it to a man thinking that this is the man of God or that is the woman of God whom you are sharing it to an agent of the enemy who will make sure and go and cut the top root and make sure that they make that tree to wither and completely die let us be a reason and a cause of blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be quick to just pour out everything about yourself, pour out everything about your brother or your sister or things like that. Esau teaches us a very wonderful topic. And he tells us it is something interesting. It's always a shadow. And the Old Testament was a shadow. And as the word of God puts it around to us, Paul puts it very nice in that Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Why? Because the guy is smart. He plans, he has been planning on this thing over and over. And realize, why was he thrown out of heaven? One of the, one of the reasons why he was thrown and cast out of the bless, of the presence of God is because the guy was not satisfied with what he had. He always wanted more and more and more and he has not changed. He is looking for what you have. So that he may be able to ruin it. The word of God says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I don't know what it may be that you feel I have lost. I've lost that particular blessing. I've lost that particular opportunity. I've lost that particular opening that, you know, that I thought it was to be mine. Yet there is a promise that the Lord gives unto us. I think it should be in Colossians chapter, chapter 1. If I'm not wrong, let me, let me check it out. I think it is Colossians chapter 1. And I think around verse, verse 15, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something because we've spoken of Isaac, or of Esau. He forsook that particular birthright. And as a result, he lost everything. The Bible says he cried bitterly. 
But there was no chance for restoration. There was no chance for him to be able to have an opportunity to get back to that particular cause. Yet, hear what he says before we read in Colossians. He says in Psalms 85, Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. What he has promised for you and what he has prepared for you, he can bring it out again in the name of Jesus Christ. Though it may appear the enemy has stolen, destroyed, he has killed and destroyed. Yet there's something here that the word of God says. He is the God of our salvation. He is able to restore again in the name of Jesus. I don't care how bad it might appear in the now. As long as we are still blinking, opening our eye and closing and we are still breathing. He declares that he is the God of your salvation. He is able to restore again for the glory of his holy name. And he's able to turn away that anger from you. And I'll tell you why he's able to turn that away anger from you. He says in verse 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? He desires that you may rejoice in him again because he brings restoration. It may appear that chance for Esau, it was gone. But for you and I, there is an opportunity of a comeback. Yet once again, if we take that, you heed the warning. Hear what he says in, first, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That is Jesus Christ. For by him, that is by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. It does not matter what the devil has stolen or he has shown as if he has, he has killed and destroyed. He may have taken and he has buried your blessing away. And you imagine that blessing cannot appear again. Yet we've got a firstborn who did not forgo his birthright. Praise God. And because he did not go forgo his birthright, he says, I will restore you again. He says, I have come. Though they have been stolen, killed, and destroyed, he says, I have come. They will have life, and they will have it more abundantly in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So whatever it is that you may have lost, whatever it is that you may imagine that, oh, I blew my chance. You know, I, and I, you know, you know you, the Lord is planning to do ABCD for you if you're a girl. And the enemy sends a man who is an unbeliever, comes your way, and he messes your life 100%. And you start wondering why I lost that particular opportunity. He says somehow he's able to restore you in the name of Jesus and change the equations for the glory of his wonderful name. Whatever it is, end, end, dead end we may have reached unto. We have lost so much, but let us not let the enemy take us away. 
I and my family, we have been in great grief because of our son. But the issue is, we will know we are not to let the, the, the promise and the favor and the blessing of God cause us to lose what God has still planned and said, I will do ABCD in your life simply because our son has moved on into the next, into the next realm. We're still here. God still has a purpose. He says, I will restore you. I will revive you again. I will set you on course again to fulfill my purposes in you. He is the firstborn. And my brother, my sister, whatever it is that you, wherever you stand, I want you to look up yet once again and declare in your spirit, thank you, Father, that the firstborn is here. He is the judge over the family. Though the thief had stolen, I can hear the voice of the firstborn who has taken the birthright. He judges in my favor. He brings me back. He revives me again. He sets me on course in the name of Jesus for the glory of God in the highest. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. You are the God of our salvation. You are the God, our restorer, the God who revives us. Look throughout this congregation and those ones who are online. There are areas, oh dear Lord God, that each one of us, we have, Lord God, forsaken and despised our birthright in one way or another. We've lost out in many areas, oh dear Lord. I pray for forgiveness, oh dear Lord God, over this congregation as a whole. And I pray in the name of Jesus, that which has been lost, O oh, thou Jesus, who art our firstborn, you have promised you will restore, that you will turn away your fierce anger in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray today, let your anger be turned away from your sons and your daughters and from your servants in the name of Jesus Christ. Let there be a restoration that is effected in the families, in the lives, of oh God, of your children, of your sons and of your daughters, of whoever is seated here and those who are online in the name of Jesus. Where the enemy has stolen the health of your people, I command that health to be restored by the power of your healing word in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. Where relationships have been messed up and crushed, oh dear Lord of God, I pray for the rebuilding of the bridges yet once again to bring a reconciliation in the name of Jesus for the glory and honor and praise of your wonderful name, oh dear Lord of God. You are the one who at our firstborn Jesus and I cry for healing of the broken hearts hearts that have been broken because of opportunities that have been lost hearts that have been broken because of decisions that have been made in times past oh dear Lord God and your children have continued to cry and mourn as they look back onto those particular decisions and terrible steps they took in many years past but today I speak healing and I speak restoration yet again into their minds into their hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ let there be a healing and a deliverance a restoration for the glory of God. That child that has been crushed, oh dear Lord God, and has lost confidence, oh dear Lord, filled with rejection and no hope, I command a restoration of hope, Almighty King of Glory, because you, the firstborn, Jesus, you sit on the throne, oh dear Lord God, for the sake of each one of us, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. I speak, revive us again, and we shall be revived. 
Revive thy sons and thy daughters. They shall be revived. Revive the businesses of your people. Revive the jobs of your children. Revive the endeavors of your children. What the enemy has stolen, Father, I call upon your holy name. As you spoke and you declared, I will restore. I speak restoration right now over each individual and each family in the name of Jesus for the glory of your name. And I pray that grace comes and rests upon every individual. We shall not be flippant with our words, O God. We shall not be ignorant, O dear Lord, of the devices of the evil one. Fill your sons and your daughters with wisdom, insight, O dear Lord, O God, that they will walk with discretion, dear Lord, in the power of your spirit, and the name of the Lord shall be glorified. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you.